This is the Urban Jellicle Podcast. Welcome to Urban Jellicle. My name is Mike Kelly. Thanks for listening. Over the last episodes, we've been exploring leadership development around the world and here in the Northwest. Two episodes ago, we looked at the leadership development pipeline that we're developing here as a ministry to identify, uh, form, train, equip, and encourage leaders on their way into vocational ministry or lay leadership in a church plant or established congregation. Uh, Leadership pipelines are a common uh, model that describe the pathway of development that leaders uh, take and are led through, but no single model can really capture everything that happens in a leader's growth. We also use something uh, called the radio leadership dial. We're gonna explore that and we're gonna see how we make progress by actually going in circles. We never leave the lessons that we learned early in our leadership development. We uh, aggregate them along the way and find ourselves using them more and more, even as we move forward. So we're gonna explore that today in our episode and take a look at what that might mean for you and your development as a leader. Let's first just introduce the stations as they're outlined here. We're not going to go into them deeply, but we'll take a look at the whole scope of the cycle. Leaders always begin by leading socially, often before they even know that they're leaders. They have influence because of their character, their communication, um, some native gifting that they have. One of the important stations of development that's engaged early on, uh, really reflexively by the leaders to govern themselves, how they feel, how they respond to circumstances and what's, um, what they're going to commit to and how they're going to follow through on that. These things coalesce and they end up leading their peers. Often um, in, in this station, it's informal, it's voluntary, and these are all going to be important considerations later on in the leader's growth. But um, they may or may not know, really at this point, they're starting to realize that what they think and what they want to do has influence over their community whether it's friendships or in the dorm or wherever you happen to be in your church community. They're often recognized for that quality and formally put in charge of teams, which we'll explore later as they start to accumulate these gifts and get a reputation for it. They're recognized by the people around them. Uh, Once they've established those gifts, especially as they're, or demonstrated them, especially as they're uh, in a faith community or any other organization, These leaders along the dial often get tapped to do formal leadership with a specific task and a defined group of people. They lead teams. Um, The team leaders then become ministry leaders. If they're effective and if they want to continue, they grow into the capacity to lead multiple teams and take over a youth group, uh, for example, or a small group ministry. Uh, Those folks in our um, space often or can become, if so-called, church leaders who have a a macro or global level uh, engagement of leadership over uh, ministry leaders and team leaders, and we're going to see how that impacts our growth and development internally. Uh, Finally, after usually after about a decade or more of church leadership, uh, an individual's uh, influence and space in the community of churches, whether it's their own denomination or their own neighborhood or city, uh, starts to um, emerge and 
they end up leading or being led by in coalition with peer leaders. And what we're going to find out is that the reason that that station is last is not only because it's part of, it takes a lot of time to get there, but also because it really immediately connects them back to the social leadership that started the whole process. Now, we're going to look more closely at each one of these, but let's talk about how we break them down in the radial leadership dial. The first three stations are what we refer to as intuitive stations. That is to lead socially, to lead self, and to lead peers. These are non-formal stations. What that means is that you're not appointed. Um, there's no formal structure to it. But these things happen, as we've said earlier, natively. You uh, do these things because that's how God has made you. And you uh, get recognized by your peers, again, informally in social settings. And you govern yourself as well. Those intuitive stations are foundational. You're going to need that intuitive sense of leadership self all the way through the radial dial your whole life as an influencing leader. Uh, but here, that's all it operates as. In the following four stations, those things start to become intentional. You are assigned a team. You are given a full ministry. You uh, are called to lead a church. Obviously, this kind of leadership is recognized, titled, and uh, often funded. It's certainly accountable, as we'll see. And um, then we come back to the point or come to the point where we start to exercise those gifts and that influence and our resources in a setting of peers, which we'll explore in just a minute. So take a look at this. The first three stations, they're intuitive. They just happen because of who you are. Uh, the second four or the last four stations, well, they're um, a recognition of who you are. And they come with uh, defined responsibility and title. They're intentional. Now, before we go through these, we want to take one more look at the inner elements that they possess. So let's go through that. And we're going to talk about two things. Core agency. Each one of these stations has a core agency. And in a minute, we'll talk about the second component. The core agency is that principal means of influence in a given station. How does it operate? How does it move others. What's going on in the leader that um, actuates following? And we call that the core agency, the principal means of influence at a given station. We're going to describe those in just a little bit. They also, each station has a marker. And a marker is an identifying characteristic of the leader at a given station. So the agency is what um, actuates change in following, and the marker is an important characteristic that manifests itself. It's related to the agency, but it's distinct from it. All right, now we're ready to take a look at all of the component parts. So let's do it according to the categories, the lead station, or the intuitive stations, and then we'll look at the intentional stations. Here are our three intuitive stations, social, self, and peers. So the intuitive stations begin with leading socially. Let's take a look at what's involved with the core agency. That's a relational influence. Um, you're simply having influence because of who you are and the dynamics that are created in the relationships that you have. It's very intuitive. You're often not doing it 
even aware that you're doing it. And that's why one of the markers is that this station, especially since it's usually young in a person's life, always uh, has a very low self-awareness. You're not sure yet of the impact that you have on other individuals. So you're just starting to discern that you may have uh, gifting or calling to lead. You lead the self then. The core agency of yourself is this internal, uh, your self-leadership is this internal um, influence. You realize, usually not related to your impact on others, that you need to govern how you respond to circumstances, how you feel about them, what you say, what you commit to, and how you follow through. Uh, importantly, it's this internal governance that actually is a significant part of compelling other people to follow you. People that know who they are and know what they want and do what they say. Um, those are the kind of people that other people want to be around and be influenced by. Naturally, at this point, there's going to be an emerging self-awareness. That's the marker for um, the second station in the intuitive set of our radial dial. We lead peers then. This happens almost as an organic and natural um, extension of the first two. The core agency is that you are doing influence intentionally. You are going to know by this station that your friends want to be aware of what you think of an issue, what you're going to do over the weekend, uh, what your perspective is on another leaders. Maybe you're all under the leadership of another. They want to know what you think of that. You're then... Um, starting to be aware of it. It's a bridge station between the intuitive and the intentional elements of the radial dial. You have at this point a marker that we refer to as autonomous confidence. That is, you have confidence because of the relationships and history and self-awareness that you have. There's been no assignment. There's been no outward affirmation or formal engagement. You just know that people listen to you. And you know, that's a good thing to be aware of. In fact, if you're going to be a steward of it, you need to be aware of it. You need to own it and then exercise it humbly. So there you have it. Lead socially, lead self, lead peers, and the core agencies and markers. You can pause and take a look. And we can also make this available to you if you reach out to us through the website NWCP Network. Dot com and then click on Urbangelical or reach out to us through the um, sign-up mechanisms there. Let's take a look now at the second four, the intentional stations. Team leadership, ministry leadership, church leadership, and leading peers. These are the intentional stations, as we've said. When you lead a team, you are now doing something a little bit different than you've done before. You have a a prescribed task, and you have responsibility to uh, tactically plan how you're going to accomplish that goal to help the larger ecosystem of your organization to um, reach its objectives. So your tactical planning, you're going to probably need to become more specific, a little bit more directive, and um, overlay calendars and timing and scheduling to it and probably do some equipping of people 
on your team along the way. That's tactical planning. And you have now a marker that we refer to as accountable confidence. Notice the difference between what went before. You're accountable now because someone's told you to do something and they've empowered you to do it and given you some measure of resources. It might not be money. Uh, it might be position and, uh, and support and title or money and a lot, of, uh, a lot of other ways they can come behind you, but they're gonna expect things out of you. If you lead a team effectively and want to continue in your growth in the organization, you'll probably or possibly end up leading a group of teams. We refer to that as um, ministry leadership. And in a, in a different kind of setting, it could be a division or some larger group tasks uh, that involves a number of different subteams. The agency here is strategic planning. You are starting to move away from the tactical application about how a thing is done and more towards the allocation of resources, the, um, the schedule of which element is done first, uh, why we're doing it that way, and what the objectives, uh, the objectives are. So that is referred to commonly as strategic planning. But remember in both of these, whereas you didn't really do much planning in the intuitive stations, you're now scheduling out, you're now allocating resources, you're defining jobs, and um, you're doing work at a much higher, more defined level. And that's going to take a different kind of authority than you've exercised before. Um, we call it effectual authority. Well, what do we mean by that? We mean that you're going to have to have influence over people that you don't have regular contact with. Your primary engagement will be with team leaders. The team leaders will have team members who carry out the vision that you um, effectually pass on to their leaders and then to them. You're going to need to learn as you grow the ability to take your vision, your strategy, your passions and your authority and credibility and extend it one and then finally two or more, uh, more dimensions beyond yourself. Your leadership needs to become effectual. What I mean by that in specific terms is that you need to affect uh, understanding, motivation, and transferability in your team leaders so they can um, help bring that to their team members. That's a critical growth stage, a developmental stage in the radial dial, and one that usually takes a little bit of time, and like all of them, but this one especially some trial and error. Maybe more error than you want. Ministry leaders uh, often are called to lead entire churches. This could be in a, often in a senior pastor role. This is primarily what we're talking about, but some churches have executive pastors that lead so many teams it really needs to be thought of as almost church leadership. So this requires visionary planning. This is the big why, um, the big what we want to be. These are the elements of really what the church and its resources and its people, whether that's 75 or 750, its budget, whether it's $100,000 or a million dollars is going to be aimed at, and what's driving and compelling that organism. You need to be able to think of that. But remember, when you're thinking of those things and in those terms with the agency that you have as a church leader, you can't forget the things that you've learned on the way, the social leadership, the tactical planning, uh, the strategic planning. None of your visionary 
um, dreams will have impact. If you've sketched a future that is um, disconnected and beyond the reach of the gifts and the people and the resources that you have. So we're bringing these along. Remember, we're aggregating all of these along through and never forgetting, although we're, we're putting our weight on different feet as we move along. We're going to call this kind of authority a compelling authority. You are now at least three uh, dimensions away from the people who do most of the ministry. If you're equipping the saints to do the works of ministry, you're going to see the saints, or really they're going to see you on a Sunday. You'll interact with them uh, periodically. A few of them, your, your leaders, you'll interact with more regularly. But your authority uh, needs to be compelling at a broad scope and scale around the community that you lead. That means a couple things. And we could talk about the first one uh, all the way through, but I've saved it for this just to drive it home. You need to be a person of character. You need to be godly. Pursuing godliness and humility, uh, obedience to God's word, uh, people will sense that and then people will talk about it. If they sense that it's there, that will become part of the story of your presence in your community. If there's questions about it, then that also will be part of the story. Who you are is something that you're bringing with yourself all the way through the radial dial. You can never escape it, and you need to be pursuing godliness and Christ-likeness. Your story, too, and what you've accomplished, and um, how you have overcome setbacks, how you've responded to successes— those stories will also become an important part of how the people that you don't meet with regularly um, receive your teaching, preaching, singing, and counsel, and of course your leadership. And then you have to have skills. Compelling authority has all those three things. It has character. Um, it has history and experience and a story that compels. And it also has a set of gifts. People need to have confidence. Remember, you can't sit down with every person in your sphere and spend an hour helping them understand just how impressive you are. Actually, I hope you don't try to do that. But you can live a life and overcome setbacks and respond to successes and craft your skills in ways that bring compelling authority to the community that you're in. It usually takes a little bit of time, but I would say after maybe a decade or so, you'll start to have the opportunity because of those very same things and the track that you've been on, the radial dial that you've been moving along, you'll have the opportunity to lead peers. When you're leading peers, be clear about what is happening and what can't happen. What's really happening is that you've circled back to this core agency of relational influence. If you're leading peers in a collaborative effort around your city or your denomination or tribe or network, well, you don't have authority over them except to the degree that you've all together agreed to pursue a common goal. So your relational leadership and your high self-awareness about what kind of space you're in, what kind of influence you have and how it could be exercised will be essential. Do you see where you've come all the way back now? to where you started. You're leading socially again. You're not leading socially anymore as a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. You're leading socially perhaps as a 35 or 45 or 55-year-old. And so you're bringing all of those other elements with you. But still, at this station, you're operating 
out of relational influence, not out of hierarchical structure. That's why you need to bring every one of these elements with you. That's why it's an aggregate accumulating, cycling. It's about making progress by going in circles, one after another. That's why we've used this model. We lead socially, we lead self, we lead peers, we lead teams, then we lead groups of teams, then we lead a ministry of, um, in ministry, then we lead a church, and finally we lead fellow leaders in one another. That's the radio leadership dial. Let's do some orienteering. How do you know where you are? And then we'll end with this. The first thing is just reflection. Where am I now? You should be able to um, discern in these seven stations where you are. If you're listening to this, you're, you may be in the first one, but you're probably in one of the latter stations. When I ask you to ask that question, I'd like you to answer it in writing or type or whatever works for you. And um, look at the core agency and the marker and see which one of those you've experienced and aggregated into your leadership development internally. Where am I? Ask what skills and experience have I gathered? Once you find out where you are, then you need to look back in the preceding stations and ask how those agencies and those markers have um, formed in you, what developed them, and then how you can use them moving forward. So do the inventory of where you are on the dial and then the, the secondary inventory of what you've learned. Don't just write the agency or the marker out. Write out specifics about how it's manifested itself in you. And it would be very helpful for you to think about and articulate how an earlier agency is still applied in your current station in your current setting. What's next? Well, look ahead. And when you look ahead, you'll see agencies that you'll need to develop. And you'll be able to um, anticipate what you need to get better at and what experience you need to garner in order to continue some progression along the dial. The PDF of this presentation outlines in paragraph and some detail the specifics of those, so I'd encourage you to take a look at that. So finally, what skills and experience um, do I need to go there? We've talked about that a little bit already, but wherever you're there is, maybe it's to lead self, maybe it's to lead peers, what do you need to develop? But there's something else and why we separated this question because of um, we already talked about it a little bit in the last one. Uh, take a look back. If you're leading a church now, what skills that you use socially have atrophied? That's also part of what you need to learn next. Maybe you need to govern yourself differently than you did before. There's a lot of um, dimensions back and forth. It's a radial dial that moves clockwise, but the experience of it and the development that you'll have as a leader um, has you going back and forth in it, and that's what we want you to do. What skills and experiences do I need to get to the next station? Well, that might 
includes some things that move backwards. You need to reclaim and redevelop. Well, there you have it. That's another model for our sense of leadership at the Northwest Church Planting Network. We hope it's helpful. Uh, we would like to provide you more detail about this, and you can find that on our website, as I mentioned. You can follow us uh, on just about any platform where you get podcasts and take a look at some of the written material we have as well. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you'll be part of what we're doing. And by we, of course, we mean the network, but also the church and the King's Kingdom all over the country and the world and certainly here in the Northwest. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Urbangelical is a ministry of the Northwest Church Planting Network in Seattle, Washington. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, please visit nwcpnetwork.com and click podcasts.